You're stupid too as I You're stupid too as I You'll never live You'll never die You're stupid too as I Welcome to Wednesday, Jason Yes, Wednesday, hump day And welcome all of you back to the Better Off Dead Minute podcast You know, we've been doing this podcast for 26 and a half episodes We're no dummies we analyze the movie Better Off Dead one minute at a time. I am Curtis Blaze from thesacknews.com. And I'm Jason Hummel from Mondo Confidential. Today we are taking a look at Minute 28, which starts with the class getting some great news and ends with Charles DeMar vowing to help Lane win back Beth by helping him ski the dreaded K-12. How about one of those summaries, Curtis? Nothing would make me happier, Jason. In Minute 27, we learn that Lane and Beth lost their virginity together in the back of a station wagon at the lake. As the minute begins, the class is overjoyed to learn that they have homework. At 27 minutes and 14 seconds, Beth and her new boyfriend, Stalin, leave the classroom kissing each other. At 27 minutes and 19 seconds, Charles DeMar tells Lane that he's decided to help him win Beth back. The first part of his scheme involves helping Lane emphasize his saxophone-playing skills. As the minute ends, Charles reveals that the second part of the plan is for Lane to successfully ski the K-12 ski run. <laughs> saxophone. We finally get it, Jason. They are to memorize pages 39 through 110 for tomorrow's lesson. In a geometry book. In a book of geometry. My head hurts just thinking about it. <laughs> what is that? 60, 61, 71 pages. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this scene is great. <laughs> <laughs> so he dismisses them and he does a little hand wave behind him. He's like, go now. And everybody's cheering, except for Charles, who doesn't get up. You notice that? Right. A little bit of a blocking problem there. He has to just sit there looking like he wants to get up. Yeah. Otherwise, he'll just get, like, T-boned in traffic. So after he dismisses him, he puts his hand thoughtfully to his chin and is concentrating on something. What do you think he's concentrating on? Hmm. His eye line suggests that he's looking over at the corner of the room where we next see the camera. Yeah. But there's nothing going on there for a while. Yeah, he looks very concerned. Would you say concerned or thoughtful? Concernedly thoughtful. Fair enough. <laughs> What do we got in that corner? We've got the fire poster with the building on fire. We've got the 9-11 poster. We've got string art vagina. Yeah, the very Georgia O'Keeffe looking string art. Okay, Georgia O'Keeffe. What is that? She was a painter whose uh, a lot of her stuff looked very vaginal. To the internet! <laughs> Holy crap, it's vaginas as far as the eye can see. You can't... Sling a dead cat without hitting a vagina on this uh, image church. Except for the occasional cow skull, which... Still been vaginal. Yeah. This chick definitely had a theme going through her work. Yes, I think she could be... I think it's very possible that she's responsible for this string art. Wait, is it string art? String fractal... It also kind of looks like a T-16 skyhop. <laughs> Did you notice uh, what uh, Beth and Stalin were wearing? You know, normally I like to look at what people are wearing. That's kind of my thing. But no, I didn't happen to see it this time. They're wearing matching outfits. Shut up. Yeah. Pink shirt and white coat. God, you're right. They look like they could be brother and sister. Yeah. 
<laughs> like they're they're the Osmonds, you know, <laughs> or the Carpenters. Yeah, and the fact that they're already coordinating their wardrobe shows that they're moving way, way too fast. I mean, is there anything more obnoxiously, hey, we're in love, than wearing matching outfits? Yeah, no. I can't think of any, only variations. Matching outfits, but also embroidered. Yeah, they might as well have, like, his and hers, like, embroidered on their clothes. Boy, they really do look like brother and sister in that thing. I mean, even their hair is coiffed similarly. Similarly? <laughs> Yeah. They look like fraternal twins. Different than the Osmonds, though. When the Osmonds kiss, there's no way it's that passionless. <laughs> also, I just noticed that as Lane is watching them kiss and walk out the room, I always thought he looked mad, but now I can just see that he looks sad. Good job, John Cusack. Yeah, it definitely has a forlorn look. Was it yesterday or the day before? Must have been day before. It was the day before. It was Monday. Um, I was talking about the formula that Beth was writing out. Yeah. And I was saying it looks a lot different than what Lane is doing. Yeah. So in this shot, uh, the question is answered. It looked like a geometry problem, or it looked like the proof, an algebra. Uh, well, it looked like math because it was the words quiet over, you know, then line over the word shut up, <laughs> which is there a more math teacher way of putting something like that on the board? No. Quiet divided by shut up. <laughs> and now we come to one of the most quoted gags in the in the movie. I've been going to this school for seven and a half years. I'm no dummy. <laughs> we concluded that he would be how old if he did this? Oh, that's right. We did that one time. He would be... Okay. God. Okay, so four years would be 18. So 19, 20, 21. He'd be 21. He'd be 21 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Makes it even creepier. <laughs> I know high school girls. <laughs> <laughs> He's growing a pretty good beard. Yeah, you, you could uh, see him just being like a couple of years off from being the uh, Matthew McConaughey in Days Confused, you know, <laughs> coming back and cruising. How's that new crop of freshman chicks looking? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just another example of Curtis Armstrong. We've probably said that, we've probably said this once every fifth minute, but yeah, I just I love the way this guy really puts his heart into acting, no matter what role it is. I mean, I've never seen a bad performance from him. He always just knocks it out of the park. The way he's cradling his pig fetus still. <laughs> Lovingly. And he's just so earnest. He just really is the best friend. Yeah. He's obviously playing it for, for laughs. Yeah. But he's also being really earnest, and that really comes through. Like, you could really see this guy just doing some serious you know, drama work. Yeah. And really, you know, just digging in and getting that done. Did we decide it's a pig? Looks like a fetal pig to me. I'd hate to think of it being anything else. Could be an actual just fetus. Because, I mean, it looks like it has limbs, so it's not like a tapeworm. Oh, by the way, uh, during this scene, since when is Monique in class? I feel like I pretty closely examined every single student in this classroom. I went yeah. chair by chair, and I didn't notice Monique. I didn't see her there either. Um, it looks to me like she's actually coming in at the end, like she had just made it to, to school. You know, being in the foreign exchange student and everything, you know, I think she had just actually, she had just actually made it to town, so she probably isn't, you know, all enrolled in everything yet. Oh, no, this would be several months after school started. Remember, we figured, it was it last minute? Was it yesterday? Where we 
we did the math and it's like, okay, she would only be, it would be like two months if they were together six months and they started in August. You know, remember that? Yeah. Hmm. She, but yeah. she she had just started living with the Smiths, though. Yeah, that's true. You know, I guess I never thought about the time frame of this movie. It starts on the weekend, on a Sunday morning, and he is going up to try out for the ski team. Yep. He gets dumped that afternoon. Mm-hmm. Does he try to commit suicide that evening? He comes home. Oh, that's right. Then he goes to sleep. Then he wakes up the next morning. Yeah. So now it's Monday. So now it's Monday, and that's the cat food eating day. Yes. And then Johnny, the paper boy, wants his money. Mm-hmm. That Sunday, when Lane went to ski practice, Johnny was coming by and throwing a paper at the house. Yeah. Yet, we had decided that they weren't getting weekend paper service. Yeah, it definitely didn't look like a weekend edition. It wasn't like mammoth. Huh. Well, obviously we're wrong. Maybe they get a, maybe they get a Sunday and a Saturday and a Wednesday and a uh, Friday. I don't know. <laughs> Could you even do that in the 80s? Was that a choice you had? Wasn't it just week or weekend or week and weekend or just weekend? I don't know. I don't know. I ever remember a day without a paper. No matter when it is, she's coming in. Okay, let's just, let's say that she, oh, oh, oh that's right. We were, we were trying to figure this out. The, so this isn't cat food day. Oh, this could be later in the day on cat food day. Yeah. On Monday. So we've had a Sunday. We woke up Sunday morning. We went to sleep, we woke up Monday morning, and now it's, I don't know, the afternoon in school. Yeah. Sunday night must have been grocery store night. Yeah. He raced on Sunday. He also raced on Monday. We've had two races so far? Yes. No, when did he have time to race on Monday? Because it isn't out of school yet. Because hmm. he raced both times in the afternoon, so there must have been a Sunday race. Yeah. Uh, no, a Sunday morning race. I'm trying to remember. Now I, now I can't remember. Was there a race right after he got dumped on the same day? Yeah. A Sunday morning race, a Sunday afternoon race, and then now he's in school on Monday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he, he... Went to the store with Charles on Sunday night. Okay, I think we got this. Yeah. So it's now Monday. She obviously... And, and she just got there, so she's a middle-of-the-year transfer. Yeah. And we're figuring this is... It's right before the New Year's dance. Yeah. Okay. So, it was in July when they met. July, August, September, October, November, December. Yeah. He gets dumped right before Christmas? Yeah. Everyone's wearing Christmas centers. There's a, there's a Christmas scene. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know that was obvious, yeah. but I'm counting the time backwards. So, they started dating in July. Yeah. Okay, got it. But yeah, right before Christmas, getting dumped. That, that it- means... Hold on. That means that they lost their virginity... Right before Halloween, if it's two months later. Yeah. Woo! Okay, so where were we at in the minute? Monique. Monique, yeah. Is in class, handing a piece of paper to the teacher. And he looks at it with a very quizzical look. And by the way, clearly a blank piece of paper. Oh, yeah. Clearly a blank piece of paper. Nothing on it. No No. one one took time to write anything on it. (laughs) That guy was merely acting. Yeah. (laughs) Given given that you can almost hear a... (laughs) (laughs) so what happens is we see monique as charles is saying these words i'm no dummy i know high school girls two things one so we see her during that and during that time that's when she takes her second look at lane yes 
So now this is yesterday she noticed him for the first time coming out of the driveway, and now today at school. Yeah. Got two significant looks for a Monique. And also it's the second or third shot that just shows how beautiful that Diane Franklin is. She is, has that like classic Hollywood beauty. Like you can see her in like a 1940s type of movie. You can really see that thing where if it wasn't Brooke Shields being the breakout star of Blue Lagoon, it could have been her. Yeah. She actually talked about that in her book. That whole how Brooke Shields changed everyone's perception of beauty thing. Yeah. Yeah. Through the power of eyebrows. <laughs> well, and let's be honest, and the fantasy of Brooke Shields not wearing any panties. Yeah, they, nothing gets between her and her Calvins. <laughs> but this is, uh, it, it, back to the minute, what were we saying? Brooke Shields naked underneath. Oh, <laughs> she gives Lane the same look. Yes. The exact same look. Yeah. She's definitely noticing him, definitely into him. So Charles has planned to get Lane back in the saddle with Beth. Tell me about it, Jason. Talk about his plan. Well, one, Lane should start playing the sax again because Stalin plays guitar, and he gets chicks, so it's like, well, next best thing, saxophone. And two. And two. Skiing the dreaded K-12. The ski run that literally nobody has lived through except for Stalin. (laughs) If Lane makes a run like that, Girls will get stuck. <laughs> End minute. Right in the middle of a word. Once again. We should be keeping track. <laughs> okay, next minute. Tomorrow. Thursday. I'm coming back, and I'm going to look up how many of these minutes ended in the middle of a word. I'm going to bet seven so far. At least. A minute just can't end neatly for us. <laughs> We're just cursed. Wiener's cut in half. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so we have another scene here that was not depicted in the movie. Yes, we do. Okay, when this must have happened, this must have happened later after after Lane attempts to commit suicide and then goes to the store with Charles. Later on that night, as they're I don't know doing whippets or whatever at Charles's house. Lane must have asked him for help getting Beth back. If we're going with the timeline is Monday. Yeah. Wait a minute. You know, maybe we're being idiots. I think it's time for us to quit screwing around and get the extended edition and deleted scenes, special edition, Criterion collection version of this movie. (laughs) Get on it, Criterion. (laughs) For real, though. Are you aware of a version of this that isn't just the DVD that just has the movie? Hmm. Well, I haven't checked out the Blu-ray, so I don't don't know what features that it has. I promise you by minute 90, we're going to do that. Because this could literally have been a deleted scene. Yeah. They're directly referring to something that is not depicted. Well, I've come to the bottom of of my bag, Jason. My bag is depleted. You got anything? (laughs) 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 Nothing worse than a depleted bag, man. (laughs) Oh, man. That's going to come back to haunt me. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Don't forget to leave us a voicemail or send us a text at 
830-7373. We figured out how to take donations now. If you'd like to donate to keep us on the air and in business, just text the word donate to 712-830-7373. I'll text you back. I'll get your email address and I'll send you a PayPal request for it. And that's how we can hook up. Should we give them stickers for it? We'll talk about it. Hey, everybody, join us tomorrow for the Better Off Dead Minute Podcast, Minute 29. I'm Curtis. And I'm Jason. Good night. <laughs>